Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, who's currently sponsored by Connexus Credit Union. My name is Mitch, and I'm one of your regular hosts that you hear every single week. Uh, you'll be hearing my other co-hosts, Kyle and Boozy, who will be joining me momentarily. Um, but first of all, I just want to get all the housekeeping out of the way. Um, like I mentioned before, we are a horror movie podcast. We are a podcast that supplies the recommendations. We give you the in-depth conversations. We give you the debates, the in the horror news, the horror retrospectives of all of your favorite horror movies. Um, if there's, for some reason, if there's ever a movie or topic that we have yet to talk about on the show, but you'd like to hear us discuss it, you can send us an email at theterratable at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us any kind of long-form messages, send us any kind of feedback or just general messages. If you want to just tell us what you've been watching or tell us, give us some recommendations, send us an email at theterratable at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're active on all of those platforms, so shoot us a message there, give us a follow, and help us inject some horror movies into your life. We are currently in the middle of an alien invasion series, so last episode we discussed my pick, The Faculty. This very episode that you're listening to right now, you'll be hearing us talk about Boozy's pick, Honeymoon, from 2014. And next week, we're going to close the series off with Kyle's unconventional but acceptable alien pick, Annihilation from 2018. But in other exciting news, we'll also be recording a very special bonus episode to tie into this series. This coming Sunday, April 26th, 2020, we will welcome back producer, writer, and director Aaron B. Kuntz. He's the producer of a Terratable favorite movie, Starry Eyes. He's one of the writers and directors behind the horror anthology Scare Package, which is an absolute love letter to 80s horror, and he's also the writer-director of the upcoming horror western The Pale Door. Aaron is a diehard horror fanatic, and he'll be coming on to talk with us about his top five alien invasion films, which is a fucking great way to spend a part of your National Alien Day, if you ask me. That's why we're uploading it on that day, is that it's National Alien Day, folks. LV426. Nerds. That's that's the kind of shit that we get excited about. That's a reference to Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien, LV4, April 26th. All right, you guys get it. All right, last but not least, the Terror Table is now available on Spotify. So give us a follow on there. If you're a Spotify user and if you really want to help us out, leave us a review. Give us Actually, give us a review on any platform that you listen to. Uh, get, l- recommend us to any of your friends. Let, uh, let them know uh, what kind of what kind of shenanigans they're missing out on by not, not tuning into the Terror Table every single week and how easy it is now, now that we're on Spotify. We've, we've upgraded. Uh, but yeah, without further ado... Kick back, turn up the volume, and enjoy this week's episode of The Terror Table. Hey mom, there's something in the back room. Hope it's not the creatures from above. You used to read me stories as if my dreams were boring. We all know conspiracies are dumb. Hey, 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 this voice you're hearing is Mitch. Who do I got with me? Next to you is Kyle Zervinsky. Next to him on the webcam. We're the the terror table. (laughs) How you guys doing? That's boozy, by the way. I don't know if that was clear or not. I I don't know. I feel like I got cut off on that one. (laughs) Sorry, I never... That's the only shitty thing about... Well, there's many shitty things. The worst part is that I can't physically hold your guys' hand while we're recording. But but other than that, it sucks that... uh, you you never know if people are getting delivered on time, right? 
<laughs> getting delivered I, on time. I don't know. I'm, I'm waking up, guys. I'm, I've been on a week long bender of just steady whiskey. I think I need to stop the gag too, where I say I'm right next to you, Mitch. I don't know why yeah, yeah. that's funny. I do think it's funny, that's but that's more of a visual joke. It's more of a visual joke. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that bit, true. that bit isn't great, and it could die. It could. Well, just like some <laughs> movies we'll be talking about later. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, so, uh, today we're today we're going to be talking about uh, Boozy's pick, his alien invasion pick, Honeymoon. But before that, let's talk about. Everything that we have seen since the last episode, uh, what have you guys been up to in the horror world? Got some recommendations for our listeners? Well, Who wants to I, go first? Let's go with Kyle. Okay, I have I have one film that I watched that I like to speak about. But the thing is, is unfortunately, I feel like everybody has already watched this, but I'm just really late to the party. Let's hear um, it. You just fucking watched Tiger King. Yes. <laughs> I think we already talked about that. I don't so know. Uh, the film is called The Godfather. <laughs> the film of the Godfather Part Three. I didn't know it existed. Um, have, you guys so, heard of, have you guys heard of Avatar? It's a oh, little sci-fi bad. flick. I can't wait for that shit. It's gonna be so funny. Yeah. Um, no, I finally watched Contagion, which I had never seen before. Oh yes, yes. Um, so I, I told, I brought that up at the beginning of all this stuff when it wasn't funny. Yeah, when 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 the, when the coronavirus was funny. And I would, I would probably say, um, I think even at the time you said it was kind of blowing up on Netflix, but it not even like to the degree that it has obviously and you kind of put it back in my memory but even since then like i know everybody's fucking seen this recently for obvious reasons Still but um, about for the people who haven't yeah so contagion uh you know it's about a contagious disease or virus that takes over uh the world um and you kind of see the origins of the virus uh and how it um you know affects all living people so it's very timely obviously um, but for that reason, it, it, it really works. I could totally see how um, when this film originally came out in like 2011, you know, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, as impactful as maybe it could be. But it is kind of interesting to, interesting to see like real world events sort of highlight a film in a new way. Um, right. and I think, I think most importantly, actually watching this movie is a little bit cathartic in a way. I think there's some sort of like psychology, like psychology behind like watching something that you can relate to, to some degree. Um, this film, honestly, a lot of things that happen in this movie are way too similar to real life. A lot aren't as well. Um, so I guess in a sense, that's a warning, but at the same time, I think, uh, it's definitely worth watching. Um, it's pretty no, it, similar. It's very similar. There's it's a lot, pretty it's, scary how similar and how realistic. Yeah, and I know that I know that Soderbergh had um, uh, like Je- act, he, he had Christ. a lot of consultants on this film to work for you know the production of the film to make it as accurate as it possibly could in this um, you know scenario. So a lot of these details are you know, factual to some degree. I mean, I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to tell you what was right and what was wrong. But... Just wait. Did you, did you guys just wait? Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Did you hear what just happened in the last 30 seconds? No. Or is that just on my phone? Okay. Sorry. You just glitched out super hard. So I'm hoping that was just on my end, but okay. you just sounded like it sounded like Russia was trying to hack my computer. <laughs> that's just Kyle's dialogue. They've, they've. Yeah, uh, it's it sounded. I missed everything you said, but hopefully the listeners got to hear it. Maybe, maybe I heard conta- it. Maybe contagion is banned in certain in certain regions. I don't know. Um, yeah. But 
anyway, I, I, at the same time, like, I could talk about this for a while, but I feel like a lot of people have already watched it. Otherwise, I would just give it a strong recommendation. If you haven't seen Steven Soderbergh's Contagion, I absolutely would. Um, Soderbergh is a really interesting director. He's the kind of guy that um, he makes so many fucking movies. And honestly, a lot of them, unfortunately, aren't that great. But like every second film is really good. Um, he's kind of a quantity over quality kind of guy. But I almost <laughs> I really appreciate that in a lot of ways, because even like his lesser films have a lot of interesting things going on in them. And I think this is a good example of a film that maybe people at the time didn't give a lot of love or attention to but now can see a lot of specific details that are interesting and are impactful. Um, and so I think that just shows kind of his talent. Also, if you haven't seen Logan Lucky, go watch Logan Lucky because that shit's great. Dude, I was just about to say, I just watched that for the first time two weeks ago. I did like that movie. It was good. So funny. Um, but yeah, so I, I wonder if uh, Contagion, because I, when I first saw it, I didn't really care for it. I thought it was all right, but uh, it was really during this pandemic that it really clicked for me and I thought it was just fucking amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be one of the ones that he's going to end up being remembered for because he really fucking nailed this whole, the whole paranoia behind an infectious disease. And I, I think it might be the quintessential disease movie. Oh, without a doubt. Well, I mean, at least in this like current state, I think once yeah. stuff that's going on is all over, I think we'll absolutely be seeing a lot of films covering this that's just inevitable and maybe we'll get a really great film out of that um but for the time being i totally think you're right mitch i think Indigen at this point really is that film um and it's interesting i mean yeah he's a guy with such a really like varied career and backlog i mean the guy made traffic the guy made like so many different films it's all oceans the ocean series sex lies videotapes magic mike <laughs> but i yeah. mean like you know <laughs> but i do pieces. think contagion is is a film he will be remembered for uh, regardless like just going forward absolutely um and there's a lot of you know real world like scary elements of this film that i do think are yeah cathartic so yeah i mean i'm probably preaching to the choir at this point but if you haven't seen it yet or you have you did see it back in 2011 and haven't seen it in a while i think you should absolutely yeah definitely to check out contagion Awesome. Good call. Good call. Um, Boozy, do you want me to... I'm going to hammer one off, then I'll pass it over to you. Sure. I'm just going to close up my thoughts and my review on uh, Cursed Films on Shudder. So it has now come to a close. It's all done now. They released the final two episodes on, I believe it was Friday. Uh, and the final two episodes that they released were on The Crow and The Twilight Zone. Wow. Um, so, yeah, the very the very last thing that I'll say about it is... I think this show uh, proved to be amazing. I think they killed it. They did an incredible job, especially with the last two episodes. Um, I think the most interesting thing about the show is how it's called Cursed Films, but by the end of it, they really hammer home that the whole purpose of the show is that none of these movies, like maybe The Omen had, a, you know, there's the debate that you could have that it's actually kind of cursed, um, but the rest of it is really up to just human error. And it's all stuff that could have been avoided if people were more responsible. And um, it's really heartbreaking stuff. Like, I, I, obviously, I'm a kid who I had an older sister in the 90s, so I was exposed to the crow at a young age. So I knew about a lot of a lot of the stuff that happened on set of that movie and, like, you know, everything with Brandon Lee's death. And uh, that episode was just fucking amazing. Like, they had the actual the writer behind the comic book series. They had um, actual friends of Brandon Lee on, like they were interviewing all of the right people and getting all of the right bits that you 
you would you would expect them to recycle a lot of the stuff that you could already find online, which they didn't. Um, they really hammer home the emotion of behind these stories, and I think they did an incredible job. Uh, when I watched it with Courtney, she was an absolute puddle for the last two episodes. They're very emotional, um, specifically the Twilight Zone episode, which focuses heavily on. If anyone's familiar with the story behind, like John La- John Landis uh, was pretty irresponsible in the filming of the Twilight Zone, and uh, they like go most pretty... Landis men out there. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a very not a good uh, debate for the Landis family in that episode. But everyone already kind of knew this, and my my only debate, my only uh, grievance with the, almost the whole series is they the the very ep- end of the episode they say like jo- they reached out to John Landis for an interview and he declined. I'm like, yeah, why why would John La- like John Landis has talked <laughs> about this already so many times, and like the episode is a half an hour of them just slamming, like and like showing how fucking awful the situation was that Landis caused, mm. and uh, it's like why why would he want to revisit this? And obviously, I think he he got away with he got away with murder. Actually, like he he should not have been able to go on to do the things that he did. Uh, granted, I'm a fan of his movies, uh, like American Werewolf in London specifically. Um, I think he's an interesting guy, but uh, like he without a doubt has a controversial past. And uh, this, these episodes very, it does a very good job highlighting that. And um, I, I basically, I highly recommend checking out cursed films. If you haven't yet, I think uh, it surpassed my expectations. So I really enjoyed that boozy. What do you got? Um, I didn't have a ton for this week. I've actually been kind of working on a project and doing like editing and stuff. So I'm kind of dicking around with that. Um, but I did watch the, cause you recommended it to me. I watched the first two episodes of what we do in the shadows season two. Perfect. I can, uh, I'll, you talk about it and then I'll jump in after you. Cause I, I actually rewatched most of the first season and those two episodes. <laughs> um, it starts off so strong. Like, that that honestly the intro for that like episode could almost be its own like season one and that's what's like really smart about the show is that it never feels like like it, it's always progressing a story but you never feel lost in that story do you know what i mean yeah it's very it's they they set it up very it's a very good episodic show where you can yeah. just jump you can jump into episodes much like a. You know, that's a bad example because I know both of us hate the show, but friends like, you know, it's like the type of show where you can just jump in. But I don't know. For me, like, I think that show, man, oh, my God, it has surpassed like that show ticks off. It tickles every single funny bone in my body. And I feel like it just speaks directly to my sense of humor and what I love in comedy and horror. And I love it. And the I'm I'm going to be honest, the I wasn't. um I wasn't disappointed by the first season, but I, I was one of those people where I'm like, of course it's not better than the movie. And you know, yeah. people are, that is a, it, it's an unfair assumption to say any, like don't even have that conversation. But at the same time, I, I said that online recently where I'm like, you know, the show might be better than the movie. And I think Courtney and I, we talked about it. And after those, even those, after a rewatch, I think it is, I think that the series is going to prove to be better just because it's long form and it gives you more time with these characters and you can watch them be put in these uncomfortable and ridiculous situations. And they're just such incredible characters. The fact that I think the main, the main character Nandor, I find him the least compelling out of all of them. And he's awesome. 
but like yeah La- no i i totally agree with you yeah laszlo laszlo is my favorite fictional character <laughs> ever uh, like i he's completely won my heart and <laughs> i think that show is fucking hilarious and i think the first two episodes of season two i think they leveled up like i i think this is them like turning the notch up a little bit and uh it's it's getting pretty pretty damn ridiculous and i i'm loving i'm finally i'm seeing the possibility for like six seasons of the show. I'm seeing that they could maybe never run out of ideas of what to put these characters, what kind of situations they can put these characters in. Right. Do you, do you yeah, kind no, of I feel was, the... I was really impressed with episode one with how they used uh, Haley Joel Osment for that. Yeah, he's, they, he, he was so good. It, yeah, but they made it seem like um, he was going to be throughout the season, and the way his episode works is, is really interesting. And I, I think I'll see him later on, I'm assuming. They they do a good job of like working around that. Okay. So I haven't, now. <laughs> I haven't seen the first season yet. How um is it like does it build right off of the film or how does it sort of Um no it, it kind of gives its own uh lore and stuff, which is really fun is that they take everything from the movie and adapt it to that show while expanding the universe. So there's right. a lot of things that they mention in the show where you have past references from the movie to go off of that really helps. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've been meaning to watch this forever. I'm, this, is, this is the chance now, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, um, that's, that's all I've seen. Is Mitch dead? I think we might have lost Mitch. Yeah, uh, you guys cut out for like a good minute, and uh, I'm just gonna have to take your word for it that it sounded okay. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't, I couldn't hear a single thing that you said in the past minute. We, you kind of froze for us, buddy. Yeah, but it, it was like it was a weird frozen where I couldn't tell. <laughs> like I froze, or or boozy froze. Uh, you, Mitch. Oh, sorry. Yeah, these are. Uh, yeah, these are shitty time this is the this is the worst part about recording on skype but we just kind of have to go with it yeah uh, so yeah moving on so boozy you give it a thumbs up though you're enjoying what we do in the shadows oh 100 i would recommend it to anybody and it's such a good show that you can just pick up wherever like you're mentioning absolutely and the last thing i'll say about it too is if you're like me like i my favorite show of all time my comfort food is the office so it makes sense that i love what we do in the shadows so much um but this show has proven it's it's passed the number one test in my opinion is that uh, like what's it like on repeat viewings and the show just gets better when you watch the episodes again even in season one the episodes that i thought weren't as strong the first time around i was laughing twice as hard the second time around so it's definitely one of those shows that rewards a second viewing if uh if you're interested yeah very cool uh Um, cool Kyle, do you got something else? Unfortunately, no. I'm just a contagion boy this week. Do you want to fill us in on Too Hot to Handle? Oh, right. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, of course, a recurring segment on the show is all the shitty um, romance uh, reality shows we watch, which are arguably as horrifying as anything else we could cover. Um, yeah, I've been watching Too Hot to Handle. I'm halfway in. And the premise of the show is is bad is about as batshit crazy. Well, it's not. It's weird. It it is crazy, but it's only crazy for all these hedonistic people that are on the show. So more or less, the concept is that these people signed up to go 
be on this reality show on an island with all these beautiful people where they can basically just bone each other frivolously. But um, 12 hours into their stay, they're getting to know each other. They started drinking together and everything. They find out that there's $100,000 on the line. And if they engage in sexual activity, the money lessens and the pot goes down. <laughs> Man, the, the world is so fucking doomed. That so, is so fucking stupid. And, it, and it's as simple as a kiss or a touch too, right? So like if someone kisses... It, this is a slight spoiler, but if someone kisses, then like $3,000 comes out of the pot. Oh my God. And, and it doesn't necessarily like, you don't really know who did it though. So drama occurs knowing like who kissed, but didn't tell the group. Um, it's, it is so fucking insane. And then, and all these people, they're all gorgeous people. Like they're all the most beautiful people you've ever seen. Like basically. And, um, so of course, and they're all like very self-centered and just want to jump each other's bones constantly. So it's the hardest thing for them to exist on this show together, <laughs> knowing that they can't bone each other. Oh, you also can't masturbate. Oh my so god! All, all they do is party and not have sex. Yes, which is honestly kind of hilarious. Sounds like the best show ever. But oh, and then the show kind of also has this like um this uh aspect of like message in this <laughs> well see that's there is uh, kind of a message the thing is is they have these wristbands and <laughs> the wristband will glow green if they're actually forming uh, actual emotional connection oh and my if the, god if it glows green then they can bone <laughs> oh my god <laughs> without a penalty but they need and they actually do these workshops like every episode like like um relationship building workshops to make them better people because they're all fucked <laughs> it sounds amazing so yeah too hot to handle i actually would recommend coming hot off the heels of love is blind i would say netflix is too hot to handle is um they're killing it's only, it. eight, it's only eight episodes and they're like less than 40 minutes a piece so i'm gonna breeze through it tonight for sure and it'll be you sold me a hundred percent on that yeah, it's yeah. wild <laughs> Sounds like a, an adventure Courtney and I are going to be traveling down right it away here. Like something you and Courtney will watch tonight and finish it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, cool. So that's too hot to handle on Netflix. <laughs> heard, it, heard it here first, folks. Um, all right. So one I'm going to knock off quick is I watched the documentary Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, so this is a documentary I've been wanting to watch for a really long time, and I'm gonna talk about the documentary. I also watched uh, part. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, which is the main subject of this documentary. Um, but I'm going to save the my thoughts on that movie for a couple weeks because we might be doing something special. Uh, so I'm mainly going to focus on the documentary. Um, but yeah, so this documentary focuses on the actor Mark Patton. Uh, who played the final boy, final girl in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Um, yeah, so this this documentary has... The movie, for those of you who aren't familiar with, I feel like everyone who's listening to this podcast probably has a general idea about uh, the history behind Freddy's Revenge, but it's known to be one of the most um, homoerotic horror movies ever made. And they a lot of people think that you know, there was obviously a lot of 
gay subtext written in the script before the movie was even made. Some people think that it was uh, Mark Patton's performance that made it even more gay uh, because he was he is a, an openly gay man, but at the time he wasn't an openly gay actor in Hollywood. Um, but it was just such an unconventional choice to have a male take on that role in a slasher movie. Um, so the movie really focuses on how the negative response that fans had to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and it being this homoerotic phenomenon, uh, it basically made Mark Patton want to quit acting and basically retreat and hide for a long period of his life, uh, which he eventually did. And the movie basically chronicles his journey of trying to clear his name and try to uh, meet up with the writer of the movie and get him to finally admit that there was gay subtext in the movie because there's a lot of debates that the, that he was completely unaware that they were making a gay movie or, and the same thing could be said with the writer or with the director of the movie and with a lot of the cast members. And the best parts about this documentary is that you have actual conversation with those cast members and the director and the writer and Mark Patton. And they're all just talking openly and candidly about their memories with the movie and it's really really interesting and i think the documentary just overall was really well told and really well put together and i absolutely loved it i think this is a documentary that could be it's it's one of those ones that i would compare it to documentaries like king of kong a fistful of quarters are you guys familiar with that that's yes. a fantastic yeah, that's the arcade movie yeah, that's a great so, documentary. The reason I, I mentioned that is because I think this is one of those types of movies that it might benefit people who aren't necessarily genre fans. I think this is one that would play very well to like, like my sister who isn't a horror fan would probably find this movie very interesting. Uh, like people who aren't horror fans will for sure find this movie interesting. It's it, you don't need to be a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street to to get caught up in the story and realize how insane everything that happened behind it is and um it doesn't mean that it's not rewarding for fans of the movie or fans of the nightmare franchise but the thing is we already kind of know the story behind all this what what we get out of it as fans is we get to see it all told from mark's mouth we get to see mark Patton tell his story from his words from his like and you get to physically see him uh kind of work through his aggressions with this movie and what it did to his life and um, I think I just think they did a really great job. And I think this is a documentary that I believe it, it's on Amazon in, a, in America. Uh, you can rent it on Google Play and I think iTunes. I rent it on you can get it on YouTube. Uh, so it is available to rent online in Canada. But in the U.S., if you're out there, I believe it is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, but keep an eye out for it because it is a very good documentary and uh, worth checking out. So that's Scream, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? No, but like that sounds super interesting. Actually, I was, I'm, I'm really interested in checking that out. Yeah, that's a really absolutely. specific look into that into that film. Yeah. I think uh, that's an interesting yeah. story to tell, especially things that happen like after the fact. Of course, like I mean, obviously these details happened in the 80s but we can look back on them now and have a bit more like insight from like the person that it happened to so that's great that's cool mm -hmm. yeah and it's just overall i just thought they did a lot better of a do uh, the documentary the quality of it is just it's a really well told documentary it's a really well made documentary so um i rec i definitely recommend it so big thumbs up for me 
I guess if you guys got nothing else, uh, I can close off before we get on to our main feature. I can talk about, I visited, I've been wanting to take this time to watch, either watch, I talked about this last week, watch alien invasion movies I haven't seen before or ones I haven't seen in a long time. And because uh, I want to give people more recommendations than just the one weekly pick. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about three alien invasion movies that I checked out. Only one of them I have seen before. Um, so starting off, I'm going to start off with fire in the sky. Have you guys heard you guys have, have you guys seen fire in the sky? No, is never. that the Spielberg movie? No, no, no. This one was directed by Robert Lieberman, who he primarily works in sci-fi. I mean, he also directed mighty ducks three a few years after this. Sure. Um, everyone, D3. yeah, D three. Um, but he also went on, he directed a few episodes of the expanse recently, which is an Amazon prime sci-fi show that I know a lot of people are very fond of. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's really good. Um, but this movie stars a young Robert Patrick, who is someone that we didn't give enough love last episode, uh, from the faculty and from, um, Terminator two and whatnot. It also has a young, but adult Henry Thomas, who's Elliot from ET. And, uh, this, this movie is basically, it's based around the supposed alien abduction of Travis Walton. I feel like this is something that Boozy might know about. Do you know? Because you 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 keep up with all of that uh, UFO sightings and Bigfoot and all the conspiracy shit. Uh, it's called cryptids. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you do you know about the story of Travis Walton? Oh God! It doesn't know, ring a bell. There's, there's so like many. A, there's a million fucking abduction stories, and they're all weird. And there's all probably a snippet of some reality for someone so no i off the top of my head i don't remember okay yeah because this is so this is one that uh which is kind of embarrassing for a horror movie podcast where three out of three of us like this is a first time watch for me but this is people know this as to be like one of the quintessential alien invasion movies and now i see why uh because i honestly this is a movie that i've put off for so long because I heard so many people were so unsettled by a scene in this movie and it's the, the abduction scene. Like you, the, this is a straight up alien abduction movie. And, uh, <laughs> this movie's wild. Like the, the, the alien abduction scene in this movie is unparalleled to almost anything else out there. Like it's, it's definitely essential viewing. If you're an alien fan, if you're a fan of alien stories or, um, conspiracy theories. Uh, this is a movie that's based on a true story. So it's one of those things. If you believe in that kind of shit or not, it's going to make it more interesting or, or, um, more laughable for you. If you're depends which camp you're a part of. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about these guys, these guys who are out in a, they're out in a field and they, one of their friends disappears for five days and they, he believes he was abducted by aliens and obviously no one believes him, but his friends do. And, um, you know, uh, drama unfolds around the said scenario. Uh, but this is, this is a movie that I definitely recommend taking a look at if you're wanting to see just a straight up classic look at a alien abduction story. It's got definitely got t- tones of X Files in it. It is a very '90s movie. It came out in 1993. Um, you got like people like Peter Berg is in this movie as well. Like there's there's a lot of those actors that you saw a lot in 90s movies that you don't see as much anymore. Um, but it's, it's genuinely upsetting and, uh, s- uh, scary. It's like they're the scene there, the alien abduction scene in this movie is, I, I think it holds up and it's terrifying. 
Uh, so I wholeheartedly recommend it. I think there's the problem with the movie is that it's a little slow at times and it's definitely dated, but um, it, this covers all the tropes that you'd expect and want from an alien abduction movie. So I recommend checking out uh, Fire in the Sky if you haven't before. Cool. Moving on from that, moving on from that, I'll talk about one that I have seen, uh, and that is The Fourth Kind. Oh, have I've you guys seen, seen this? Oh, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the fourth, I saw The Fourth Kind in theaters when it came out, and man, so that came out in 2009, directed by. Wow, that uh, was that long ago. Yeah. Oh. Olutanda Osunanmi. Um, he is actually in the movie. He interviews a fake actor uh, to make it look real right. in the movie. Uh, but this is, for those of you who are unaware, it's uh, the story goes, a thriller involving an ongoing unsolved mystery in Alaska where one town has seen an extraordinary number of unexplained disappearances during the past 40 years, and there are accusations of a federal cover-up. So this is a movie that's starring Mila Jovovich and Elias Codius, who plays Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, if any of you are wondering. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, we, also, we also got Will Patton, who plays uh, a cop again. He's a sheriff in this movie, and I believe he's also a sheriff in Halloween 2018. Um, but, okay, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, in 2009, I was still extremely gullible, I guess, because... This movie scared the shit out of me when it came out. I remember falling for it. Uh, like, this is the movie that it opens up with Mila Jovovich being like, the events that you're about to see in this movie are real. And, or, hi, I'm Mila Jovovich. And, like, she ex- she introduces herself. <laughs> it's so, so corny and so stupid. Uh, but it, it's so hard to look away when she decides to go that where, where they make that idea, or they decide to take that route where they're going to, say hey i'm Mila jovovich and i'm gonna be doing reenactments of these actual this actual footage that took place in alaska between these years and these years and um it's it's crazy man so you guys have both seen this yeah i yeah. saw it back today i don't know if i saw it in theaters i can't remember if i did i don't I think, think so, i but went out in theaters to see this i think i, I paid for this <laughs> this I, is I never what? liked this to begin with, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, this is the most extreme form of exploitation, and it's insanely insensitive to people who actually were missing in Nome, Alaska, whereas like a place where they actually have broken records for the num- number of people have gone missing in this place. And like, man, they shot this movie like multiple times because I don't know if you guys remember, but this is how the movie shot is. It's like a partially a found footage movie and partially a narrative. So they show you like screenshots, like they show you screen, like they do split screen. So it's like, hey, here's the real event, and then here's our reenactment. No, I remember and that. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in some of them, it seems like a guy's shooting his entire family in the head, and then he shoots himself, and it's like, and oh, then there's the reenactment. It's like, okay, why, why would this be? Well, wh- who, who does this? Like, it's, <laughs> it, it's so distasteful. If it was real, it'd be distasteful. But since it's yeah. not, it's just silly, and it's just like. Man, you guys shot this movie twice. <laughs> like, I think and, silly is the best way to put it. That's how I remember thinking about it. I remember just feeling like I knew even from the trailers that it was either going to be something really special or complete trash, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, there was, It had that kind of like there was definitely intrigue. I think we all well, we all went and saw it or saw it when it came out. So we all interested. Right. But yeah. yeah, I think the execution of that movie has proven and you're basically proving it right now mitch that uh really it was just more or less some bullshit <laughs> not good it is not good that's Would what i'm here recommend. to say 
That's no, it, and it's funny because I own it on DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> Fuck, man. This, this is one of those things where I probably will watch it again. Um, but like, actually, no, the, I think I'm now, I might be at that point in my life where I'm not, I'm going to stop watching movies that I know I don't like, <laughs> like, you know, there's only so many times I can watch ghost rider, but, um, <clears throat> but no, fourth kind, I can't recommend. I, and it's the other thing too, is do you guys notice it's a theme in a lot of these alien movies where these alien abduction movies don't show us any fucking aliens. Yeah. That was, Oh, that was also the biggest thing about that film. Yeah, it's Easily. like there's no aliens, and like any, like any of the scares are built up around the camera malfunctioning. Like I, that's such a <laughs> yeah. piss off to me. That's I can't, I can't stand that. So what you're yeah, saying so is it, I, it takes the worst elements from found footage movies and the worst elements from alien movies and puts it together, smashes it all into one, and then it also gives you Mila Jovovich, who I don't care what anyone says, I don't think she's ever good. No, I don't, I don't, I don't really think she's good. a good actress. I, I still mean, haven't seen The Fifth Element, but I know there's a lot of... pretty good in that, I know to be honest. There's That's... a lot of... It's so funny, because I'm a guy who's seen, like, everything, and then when people hear that, they're like, how the fuck have you not seen The Fifth Element? But have you seen it... Valerian? I haven't, but I have seen Freddy Got Fingered, like, 20 times. Well, I fuck with <laughs> Valerian pretty hard. Uh, but yeah, so can't can't recommend the fourth kind. Um, one last one, and then we can we can go on to. I, we got some listener. Well, we got two listener emails, both from Darcy. So Ooh. we'll knock those, we'll knock those off. Um, but I'm gonna close off with one more that I'm I'm I've been dying to talk about this one. Um, I've been trying to save it for the show because I've been meaning to ask Boozy this. But Boozy, have you seen yeah. Altered? Altered. Eduardo um, Sanchez. Eduardo I want to say I have. Okay, Eduardo Sanchez, director of the Blair Witch Project, and uh, I guess uh, Lovely Molly and Exists, but this movie's called Altered. Um, I'm gotta look it up here. So this is a movie that came out when I was working at Rogers Video, I believe. Or might sorry, I'm just looking it up here on my phone. Um, 2006. I feel like I've yep. seen this. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've seen this. All right, so it came out in 2006. Um, so what it came out while I was working at Rogers Video, and as you guys can see, if you're looking it up, the poster is awful, and it's also called Altered, which doesn't doesn't give you any idea that it could be something interesting or good. It just looks like it could be something very very bad. It's um, it's just some goopy hands. That's all it is. You don't know what's going on. It's just goopy yeah. hands. The story goes, 15 years ago, a group of men's lives were forever changed by a strange occurrence. Now, the same group of men will spend a night together in terror. <laughs> um, All right, yeah. I'm sold. Okay, so this like is... Like having yeah. like a class reunion sleepover? Or what? <laughs> yeah, okay, so I had never intended on ever watching this movie just because I figured, oh, this is probably one of those movies that um, made it so difficult for eduardo sanchez to keep on making movies like he he made blair witch project which was amazing and then you know obviously something happened where we weren't getting any movie there's there's really no explanation as to why we're not getting more eduardo sanchez movies because from my experience almost every single movie that i've seen him make there's some redeemable factors in it more so than negative qualities and this yeah, movie yeah, is no sure. Okay, so I heard I the reason I watched it is because Eric Kane from the Shockwaves, he he watched it and he just praised it. He ended up giving it like four out of five on Letterboxd. And I was like, whoa, 
that is uh, something I wouldn't have expected, especially coming from him. So I decided to check it out, and I got to agree, man, this is a proper alien creature feature. Um, this is a really awesome, underrated, maybe undiscovered alien horror movie. Huh. Uh, the, the like the acting is something great, and it's kind of all over the place, and it's it, it's executed in a but it's executed in a highly entertaining way. Uh, it's basically a group of rednecks capturing they capture an extraterrestrial in their plumbing van, and they take it back to their shop where they oh, keep it hostage. Oh, now I know why you like it. No, fuck off. Plumbing horror movie. But, dude. (laughs) Yeah, plumbing horror movie. But, yeah. But there's, this movie's got it all, man. This, like, it's, it's very practical effects heavy. It is one of those ones where it's a man in a suit and it's very goopy and slimy. And it's one of those things where you could be one of those, for lack of words, lack of better words, dummies who, shits on the alien design but you got to realize this movie was i think it was an eight million dollar movie like it it didn't have that much money and uh i think for what they what they 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 pulled off something pretty awesome uh you you got some like quality mind control battles in this movie the design is like super campy and i'm sure some people will think it looks cheap but i actually kind of really dug the look of it i think it's just a campy fun prosthetic heavy alien invasion creature movie so I definitely recommend it. I think this is one that Boozy would really like. Uh, I think the jury will be out on if Boozy will accept the monster for looking the way that it is, but I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Like, you just got to look at it as a low-budget monster movie. And uh, man, these this is the type this is the type of shit that we always want to try and discover. Boozy is like a, a monster movie like this. Like, I w- I'd compare it a lot to a movie like Slither, uh, Splinter that you really okay. like. Okay. Um, so, but I don't, I definitely I I like it more than Splinter, but like it's it's that type of uh, that type of feel and that type of filmmaking. Um, so yeah, I I heavily I I wholeheartedly recommend checking out Altered if you're looking for some kind of like campy, super bloody monster creature movie from early two thousands. So yeah, that's everything that I watched. I got a couple other things that I'm going to save for next week uh, when we talk about Annihilation. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so these messages, before we move on to our main feature, I'm going to read off some emails that we got from Darcy. So this one, I believe, came from last week, and then I think we got another one today. So I'm going to just read this one off. So once again, Darcy from 3000 Movies to Die Before You Watch says, It's hard to top the faculty and and honeymoon when it comes to alien flicks. Life Force is a really great alien invasion movie that few people have seen, and it, it needs to be on everyone's watch list. My all-time favorite is Galaxy of Terror. For the full background check, uh, for full background check out the Good Bad Flicks episode on YouTube. A quick summary through: James Cameron worked on the movie as part of a production crew and took over as director. The movie came out after Alien, but before Aliens, and it feels like a prequel to Aliens. Uh, you can even see similar set designs. The movie is a psychological horror featuring Sid Haig and Robert England. Each crew member exploring an abandoned colony experiences a physical manifestation of their worst fears. If you're a fan of the Alien series and Event Horizon, and you have always wanted to see what it looked like if they got drunk on cheap vodka and had a dumpster baby, this is it. You can see you can see so much influence in the sci-fi horror genre coming from this movie. Your favorite hipster fuck, Darcy. Wow. Did he send uh, it on Huawei? Yeah, he did. I'm not reading that, though. <laughs> Uh, so that one is Galaxy of Terror. That's one I really want to check out, but I can't find it anywhere. 
Uh, another email that he sent one last one he says alien invasion movie idea totally forgot about evolution on the list of dumb things to kill aliens what is higher advil or head advil or head and shoulders i think aliens are less likely to know about dandruff than pain so i would say advil still tops the list i think our only hope of defeating an alien menace in 2020 would be yellow dye number six i would love to see channing tatum and rosario dawson fighting aliens pickles and craft dinner Channing Tatum bites a bites the stem off a pickle. Seriously, pickle manufacturers cut that shit out. What the fuck, Darcy? Like it's the pin out of a grenade and throws it at the mothership while Rosario Dawson loads a Gatling gun and that's been modified to handle cheese with Kraft Dinner. Sean William Scott will reprise the role with from Evolution. I guys, I'm sorry, I have no idea what's going on. Sean William Scott will reprise his role from Evolution, and Maggie Q can play the scientist who discovers the alien's weakness and also has a couple gratuitous underwear scenes. I guess what I'm trying to say is I find Channing Tatum oddly oddly non-threatening to my masculinity. I have another terrible catchphrase for Boozy. Creep on, creepers. Uh, Sent from my Bell Huawei device over (laughs) Canada's largest network. All right, thank Thank you, you Darcy. Um, All right, guys. So I, I guess I should watch Evolution. Yeah, <laughs> I might have to as well. It's yeah. been a while. All right, do you guys want to get on to our main feature discussion? Yeah, sure. let's do it. All right, we'll be right back with Honeymoon. family cottage. Do you like it? Here's what I see. The woods. A lake. No one around. B? This isn't funny. B? Please! B! Okay. I couldn't find you. I was sleepwalking. I'm fine. How's my little zombie face this morning? I made a coffee. I could be human. What's going on with you? You feel distant, different. Did something happen in the woods? They're mosquito bites. They don't look like bug bites. You're acting crazy. You should leave. You're not safe. What's going on? We need to leave. You can't. Where did you put the keys? Where are the keys? Who's out there? We shine in the light. I want to protect you. Where's my wife? You look like her, but you're not her. Talk to me! Tell me what's going on! Can we tell me what's going on? 
Something bad happened to me. Something bad happened to me in the woods. All right, and welcome to our main feature discussion in which we're going to be talking about Boozy's pick of the week, Honeymoon, from 2014. Uh, so Honeymoon was directed by Lee Yannick, and uh, the screenplay was written by Lee Yannick and Phil Grezedia. Sorry, I'm. we've never been good at pronouncing names on the show, and I'm <laughs> sure we never would. Yeah, never will be. Um, the movie's currently holding a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.5 on uh, Movie Free Freak dot B. <laughs> Sorry, that came up. That came up on Google. <laughs> That's a pretty uh, sure. Yeah, there you guys about go. As incredible as a tear table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The story of Honeymoon is a honeymoon bride, played by Rose Leslie, goes sleepwalking into the woods surrounded, surrounding a secluded cabin. When she returns, she looks the same, but something about her is frighteningly different. Uh, so we are going to be offering up a spoiler warning at the, uh, in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk briefly at the beginning of this about what we generally think about the movie, whether we recommend it or not, um, general thoughts across the table, and then we'll go into uh, we'll go in depth about the story and all that fun stuff. But before we get any of that started, Boozy, why did you choose this movie as your alien invasion pick this month? Okay, well, uh, it kind of started because you obviously reminded me when we were doing our countdown of the decade, you had that on there. It was my number and, 15 of the decade. Yeah, and it was kind of like, oh, hey, I forgot about that movie because I'd seen it once before and I remember liking it, but like I just never went back to it and I kind of forgot about it. So, I don't know. I was like, you know, when this came up, I was like, that's a perfect idea to go back there and see why Mitch loved it so much and see how we feel about it. Absolutely. So, yeah, you liked it before. Kyle, what about you? This is the first time watch for you. Yeah, this is absolutely the first time watching. I think the first time I ever even heard about it was what you, you just brought up there, Boozy, was you speaking about it, Mitch, for your mm -hmm. uh, best of the decade list. Yeah, so um, I guess like we'll we'll keep this spoiler warning like short and sweet, just so we can get into the nitty gritty. Um, obviously, I'm a fan of this movie. This would be, I think, the fourth time I've seen it, and I'll just get right out of the gate and say that I still I really love this movie. I think that there's a lot to really like about this movie. I think if anyone were, if there's any negative to be said about it, it's that this movie is very back heavy. Uh, this thing's super booty heavy. Like the back end of this movie, the back end <laughs> of this movie, this thing has a dump truck. All of like the, the quality, like the real, the shit that really pays off the stuff that you come to this movie for all lies within the last like 20 minutes of the movie. So this could be something that could be a major turnoff for some people. But for me, I love a wicked payoff. And I think that this movie delivers in spades. I fucking love the ending of this movie. And I think it's killer. Um, but there is a lot of bullshit to get through before that. Um, but it all know. depends. I wouldn't would call it bullshit. Like, I mean, the well, movie's, the movie's yeah, an hour and a half long. Like, it's not like it's a lengthy watch. It yeah. does take its time, I guess, to develop what the hell is going on and you know, create any kind of drama or suspense. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're getting bored within the first... I don't know. I don't. I don't even think you could get bored though, because like the thing that shines about this film is that even though it's maybe not as exciting as those last twenty minutes you're talking about, Mitch, the other aspect of the film is really interesting and gripping. So it, it leads really well into that, and it it feels like more of a payoff, if anything, for me. Right. Agreed. Yeah, because they spend so much time with the character building, it, and that's the biggest point of this movie is you have to care about the characters for that payoff. 
Absolutely. And they give you they give you so much time to watch them have sex before that. I was gonna mention this is a very sex heavy movie. In a weird, dude, in the first like fifteen minutes of this movie, there is so much sex, like so much. Which (laughs) like I'm not even later on, it gets weird where it becomes like a resolution to anything. It's like any sort of conflict or drama leads to sex. Totally right. Yeah, which you know everyone who's after watching some uh, too hot to handle actually, (laughs) and um, perfect companion piece. You're just chubbing hard. And so, yeah, honestly, Ben, you're a little of bodies lately. Your little uncircumcised dick was chafing up against your jeans, weren't they? I have to go no comment on that. I haven't worn jeans in a month. Give me some slack. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like I said, I think the back end of this movie, it, it cranks the dial from like the movie is at like a steady four through the entire movie. And then it cranks it up to like a, a modest 16. <laughs> Is boy what I'm feeling like it it gets so the fuckery really pops off at the near the end of the movie, but it all it all like it is at the end of the day when I first saw the movie I wasn't aware that it was an alien invasion movie so that in in and of itself is a bit of a spoiler, but it's also one of those movies that it's not going to affect your enjoyment of the movie if you know it's an alien movie going in because within the first half an hour, you're seeing what you're dealing with. Like what you, you obviously know when yeah. you're dealing with strange lights entering a room and you obviously it's, it's giving off the vibes of an alien movie. And uh, I think it's a very unconventional alien movie. It's a different type of alien movie that we've, that we haven't seen before, or at least I haven't. And I think it's very well done across the board. Um, what do you guys think about Harry Treadway and Rose Leslie in general? Because I, when this movie came out, I was head over heels in love with Rose Leslie, hot off the heels of, uh, of the Game, of Thro- to, Game of the Thrones. Winter, right, with Vin Diesel. <laughs> I, I kid you not, I shit you not, I was going to watch that movie because she was in it. Like, I love her. I think she's great. But that's, that's also... What she's best known for, right? No, Game of Thrones. She's best oh. known for Game of Thrones. She's Ygritte. Hmm. Interesting. Never heard. And of she's it. Mar- married to John Snow. <laughs> <laughs> a little movie co- or a little show called Game of Thrones. I'm kidding. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that she was in the last Witch Hunter. That's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Is but that show on the CW? <laughs> and then you have you have Harry Treadway who play he plays Victor Frankenstein in uh, Penny Penny Dreadful, which uh, was coming out around this time as well. So right. I, I was really wrapped up in uh, into these characters in particular when this movie came out. So a lot of it worked for me. In regards to this being one of the best horror movies of the last decade, I clearly was putting it on my list to, I, w- I want to show some love for this one. I don't necessarily think that it is one of the best, but I think it's definitely one that people need to be, people didn't really pay attention to, and I think it deserves some more love than what it got. Uh, so that's why I chose to put it on my list as opposed to, you know, really obvious ones. Um, well, but I stand, I stand has by a, it. It has such an like, indie feel to it that it kind of inherently... Um may have crippled itself at that time you know like it's a south by southwest darling it's not like your traditional like you know upfront bloody and disgusting throughout the whole film horror film it's more of like an emotional drama for like 80 percent of the movie so it, in a way it had i could see it having a few things going against it for getting mass appeal but I, I agree with you, Mitch. I think it's the kind of film that needs more attention. And at the time, to get both those actors actually was kind of a big get. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they're still successful, obviously. But I think especially at that time, they were like really up and coming, um, you know, actors that could have been huge stars. Especially for uh, Lee Yannick's, uh, 
or Janiac. I don't know how to pronounce it. Janiac. Uh, this is like her directorial debut. This is like the first thing she made. That's, that's yep. really, really impressive. And it's, yeah, it's really good. What do you guys it think is. of the story overall? Like, I, can you can you relate to it in any way? Or like, are, do these characters seem like people to us? They do, they, man. They really seem like people, and that's the biggest strength of the film. I think it, is yeah. the fact that the fact that we spend almost the entire film, besides like a couple other scenes, um, with just them. Like, mm-hmm. even if even if these characters weren't terribly interesting, I think I would have been invested, which is what's really important. Like, just inherently. Right. And yeah, so and that's, that's the thing is you, you don't get a ton of their story in terms of background. You get it. All the story you get is mostly just them interacting with each other at this cabin. But um, it's also a really smart choice just to have two characters in the movie for this type of story to get across basically, yeah. you know, relationship, I know, a, a new relationship, a honeymoon, exactly. And then having kind of like. I don't know, all of the interpersonal sort of things that can go wrong or go right or just how you even communicate with one another. Having that illustrated in this type of film, especially like in an alien movie, is really, yeah. really unique. That, um, yeah, that's, no, I, I, I thought it worked for me, absolutely. That's one of the things that that's probably the main thing that I did take away from the movie and the thing that I do like about it the most is that I think that the relationship drama does work with it and that's what attracts me to movies like this like I think first like if you if you wanted to you could pair this shit up with backcountry and you could be in in for some a good old a night of good old-fashioned misery right there is putting oh sorry go ahead Look, just putting putting a, a couple in an intense situation in any type of intense situation is always going to be interesting to watch, um, depending on if these are an interesting couple or not. And I think that their dynamic is interesting. And that's the same thing with like in backcountry. Obviously, we're not doing a backcountry episode, but like they they there's a reason that makes it inter- There's tension there before the tension even enters the movie. And right. uh, with hun- with honeymoon. It's kind of it's different in the sense that they're on their honeymoon. Everything's on the up and up at the beginning of this movie, and you just watch it steadily decline. It like they're they're in the honeymoon phase. They're, this is this this is the point where there's no there's almost no negative side effects to their relationship at this point because they're quite literally in the honeymoon phase. And uh, I think that's what makes it work so well too is that you watch them wor- work through this like incredibly stressful situation, and it it makes for a really interesting movie. Yeah, and also I like that a lot of the character development you find comes from how they interact with the cabin, which also almost feels like its own character. Oh, um, I have the exact same thing written down in my notes. That's like literally what I have written down right here. Absolutely, like Going from, like, the duck stuff, you know, where she has the, the notes in the duck or whatever, and then you kind of see as the movie goes on that she's kind of constantly challenging his masculinity. There's, like, a very underlying tone of masculinity in dealing with it in this movie. And it that kind of steadily adds to the male character in this. Well, he, she totally. just says that the other guy's a little bit more alpha than him. Yeah, and he spends the rest of the movie trying to make that up. Like, he, he go, tries to go fishing early in the morning and fucks up. He randomly shoots off a gun. That was the one part where he seemed, like, oddly calm about knowing how to use a <laughs> firearm when he didn't really know how to fish. I don't know if yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I still feel like a lot of that stuff is is pretty subtle though, which is nice, you know. Like, um, it, it is hit you in the head with it. Yeah, no, and, and it, it works pretty well because you're right. That does kind of like you know weave throughout the whole film, but it's when it feels appropriate. It's not like there's 
there's not another concept besides the idea of a relationship really at the forefront. It's just like the little like underlying things in a relationship that do come up from whatever it may be, like whatever little snide remark someone said a couple of days ago that maybe comes right. back up or, you know, one action that, um, you know, someone did the other day, blah, blah, blah. Like these little things that do come up, that's what the film kind of thrives on. And I think the masculinity part is definitely an aspect of that, but the film has a lot, has a lot more going on, which makes it pretty complex in a lot of ways, especially for, um, uh, Rose Leslie's character near the near the end of the film, like you sort of see her almost degrading, almost as if it's like a relationship for someone dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or even you look at like the scenario on like The Fly, you know, right? Like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Cronenberg's The Fly, where they're kind of losing touch with humanity. Totally. Sure. And that's the other thing that this movie deals with really well is that like the true horror of this movie comes from not knowing who you're married with, married to, or not knowing who who is in your home, and you know finding out more about a person when it's too late, or and uh, how you how you cope with that, like how you know how, how far you're willing to go to save your marriage or to save the person that you're with, and uh, just really how how far you're willing to take till death do us part, you know, as corny as that sounds, that's really the basis of this movie. And uh, so I do think, I think all that stuff works very well in this. Before I forget, I do want to mention that uh, Harry Treadway has a, he has a twin brother named Luke Treadway who, uh, yeah. And they're identical twin brothers. And Luke Treadway is actually one of the kids in attack the block, another alien invasion movie. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so that's not actually... They look exactly alike. And uh, yeah, a different actor. And he's also in like... Luke Treadway's in like Clash of the Titans and uh, some other garbage. But Harry but, Treadway was in Lone Ranger. So Yes. yes. This is Do you ever think like, they like, switch up and go to their each other's like, roles and shit? That'd be sick. <laughs> that would be sick. Harry Treadway was also in the film... Shit. Harry Treadway was also in Fish Tank, which is a really good movie. Directed by the lady who directed American Honey, one of my favorite movies. Just a fun yeah, fact. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, movies like this, I I love rocky relationship dramas that encounter an impossible situation that they have to overcome together, like a fatal bear attack or being abducted by aliens. It's just it's gonna regardless. It's it's an interesting topic to explore. So that's that. This movie does a really good job of that, and I think it does a good job of keeping you entertained and keeping you guessing throughout the movie. And they they really play with um, her having to remember who she is and right. him, like them kind of deceiving each other. And I think that's what a lot of the, where a lot of the tension stems in this film in particular. But uh, my the rest of the things I have to say about this movie are all in spoilers. So if you guys are feeling comfortable with it, we can get on to spoilers. Sure. sure. Let's do it. So I think uh, the general thoughts, though, I'm a big fan of this movie. It sounds like Boozy's still still in the camp that he liked it. Kyle, you sound like you, you'd recommend it. You uh, Were you disappointed by this one at all or what? Not were really. You at no, all? I, I think I was, um, I was pretty impressed, to be honest. Like a lot of it, uh, like I said, kind of felt like you know, an indie drama in a lot of ways. And I think I'm always, I'm always really appreciative when the horror genre can sort of elevate a sort of common concept into a film like this, where, you know, adding a plot device or even trope, I guess, 
like aliens into a story like this elevates it into a really you know unique perspective on things and it's like you're always kind of battling back and forth between whether it's their personal conflicts and um, and you know personalities conflicting or is it the alien conflicting like you know it's a uh, um you know, again, like I said, it's those little things in a relationship that come up that make things, you know, worth arguing or discussing or, you know, whatever, even just talking about. And I think the film does it in a really smart way. But again, doesn't hit you over the head with it. it it's subtle and it's it's well thought out. And this movie's an hour and a half. Like, it, it, it comes and goes very, very strongly. It's not, um, it doesn't really drag on too often. It doesn't feel too long. The pacing's pretty solid. And so when it does get to this end, like 20 minute segment, this last act, which we're going to talk about right now, uh, to me, it felt earned. And yeah, I actually, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Wicked payoff, which we're about to get to. So yeah, the big thumbs up from all of us across the board. Now we're going to get into spoilers. So now is your time to tune out. If you haven't seen the film and you want to, and you don't want anything spoiled for you, you can check out now, go and check the movie out and then, uh, you know, press pause and resume on it once you're done the film. Uh, but going forward, let's talk about spoilers. But before we even talk about spoilers, I want to talk about how this movie basically has the most hilariously, embarrassingly bad IMDb trivia page I've ever seen. Uh-oh. Did you guys look it up? No, I didn't. Uh, I want to pull this up here because I, I just decided I haven't actually been keeping up with like, you know, obviously we like to, you know, make our own opinions on movies and actually come up with, form our own thoughts, but it's always fun learning about little trivias or things that happen on set of movies or uh, factoids, but I haven't done this in a while, and there's only three, th- two things for trivia, or sorry, three things for trivia on Honeymoon, and this is them. Lee Yannick chose Rose Leslie to perform as B after viewing her performance for Game of Thrones. Sick. So he was watching Game of Thrones and said, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, cool. Uh, the the other interesting fact is Lee Yannick's feature debut. Hmm. Is hold applause. We've discussed on the show. Yep, hold applause. Uh, this <laughs> is my. Fa- write all these facts? <laughs> Last, la- it's funny because on IMDb, there's always like 22 out of 23 found this interesting. And this is my favorite one because three out of 22 people found this interesting. <laughs> the- <laughs> B makes the buzzing noise to Paul's lips when he calls her honeybee. However, the noise is more reminiscent of a typical yellow jacket wasp. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, no. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, boys, let's let's get so into it now. I feel like that means that out there is a beekeeper who watched Honeymoon and that's like, what he oh. took out of it. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there and just fucking bullshit. <laughs> this is an incorrect buzz. This yeah. is more wasp-like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not accurate. All right. Um, what before it, we get to like heavy spoilers, can I just give a big shout out to Froggy Krueger? I was gonna say, Boozy, <laughs> this movie had to have been a ten out of ten for you because there's a frog in it. I was pretty stoked on the frog. I- I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, you can follow Boozy on Instagram. He's Knight of the Living Deadlift, and he uh, really likes frogs. He likes pictures of frogs, so that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was thinking that I was going to be the only. I wasn't going to be the only one excited about that. No, I I wrote that in my notes. I uh, in my notes it says Boozy gives us a ten out of ten just because I'm a frog. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like so the things that we can actually talk about this movie leading up to it is leading up to the spot the the payoff and everything is how it slowly shows us that uh, B isn't who who 
she was, you're starting to realize that she, something happened in those woods where she was possibly abducted or she's being possessed by a type of alien. What did you guys take away from that? Uh, I feel that would be more of an implanted. She's, yeah. She's been impregnated with something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And basically she, but she still can, like the alien is controlling her body and is still capable of having human interaction and she's, but how Harry, how Harry Treadway is dealing with um, challenging her on all the, uh, like trying to figure out, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to go about this. He, he's constantly challenging her, asking her like personal questions from their past that only she would know. And she's right. getting fragments of it. Correct. And but she's missing parts of it as well. So she's genuinely trying to fight the the alien that's invading her body. So Do I think, think that's they're in, trying to like take her like consciousness and like shoot it up somewhere else. Like is that I, is that kind of the idea? From what I gathered from it, what I took from it is that she's so scared. Uh, she's still conscious inside of her body, but she's yeah, she's being controlled by an alien at this point, and right. she's basically just needs to do whatever they whatever they say because she's so terrified. And so she's basically like the idea of having a, like a parasite inside you, that's yeah, like controlling right. part of your brain. And she's just letting it kind of take her over. She's letting it win, and because she has no other option. And that's the other thing that, like, what do we know about these? Like, that's one of the things I wanted to really delve into in this particular series that we're doing here is the different types of aliens. Like, these are completely different types of aliens than what we saw in the faculty. So what do we know about these aliens? We know that they only target women. So we see at the beginning of this movie uh, where Rose Leslie and Harry Treadway, they they see her childhood crush boyfriend, whatever you want to call him. Um, he's dealing with some stressful situation with his girlfriend or his wife. And she's, she's showing advanced forms of what Rose Leslie eventually starts to exhibit later on in the film as well. So you he see says, that. Do you want some cheese curds for old time's sake? <laughs> <laughs> who, who eats just cheese curds? That's a true Canadian exchange. <laughs> I know. I think I think they're like, okay, we're in Canada. Let's Google a Canadian food. Yeah. I guess I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> true. Yes, that's Canadian. But anyway, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's really, I, I just, I think that these types of aliens are chilling. I think the idea behind them and the the way that Lee Yannick executed uh the whole movie just it's overall the movie is just chilling in general i love the idea of thinking about all of the men who are underneath the lake uh oh, yeah just, like yeah. that's such a creepy thought um i think I like, in I the like credit rationale though too oh my god i think it'll like that that it'll help yeah that's the best part is that the, so these people are like the people who are being abducted are taken over by these aliens they're so fucking scared of the the extraterrestrials that they're doing whatever they can to help their their human counterparts and they don't realize they don't understand how humans work so they don't understand that humans can't breathe underwater which oh my god they i think that's one of the best payoffs in a movie ever is when he she knocks him out and he wakes up on the on the canoe and she says i have to hide you i have to hide you like that, there's chills all over my body just saying that right now. So I guess I'll ta- pass it off to you guys about how you felt about all of that because for me it's just chills. Well, it was a, it was a lot going on honestly because 
like what 10 minutes before that there was a incredibly bloody scene on a bed that yeah. was that was both like really i don't know it's graphic but also felt very personal in a lot of ways like it was these two people sort of i don't know like explore each other's bodies in a really grotesque way yeah in a really you know like kind of intense way so like he's pulling this alien being out of her it's the um, ultimate marriage test yeah ever ever always says you know everyone always says you know one day you're gonna have to wipe my butt for me there you go little little do they know you're gonna have to pull an alien out of my cooter but it's like i don't know he's fucking climbing mount everest (laughs) it goes kind of full circle right because they're talking earlier in the film about having a child and like she's kind of like yeah yeah kind of uh, off-put about him using the word womb as like a place for like a baby to grow and prosper and so later she has this alien inside of her too not so much like she's about to give birth to an alien but i mean there's some i mean you could you could maybe make that connection i guess you see definite she has definite fear of that of childbirth yeah yeah and Um, and then she's in the bathroom at one point where i think she's maybe trying to do it herself and so there's blood all over on the ground she's trying to maybe uh, rip it out of her herself. Like she's gaining some clarity and trying to have her own like agency at that moment. But I got some major PTSD from all my nights of having KFC two da- two nights in a row um, <laughs> from that bathroom scene. Oh, I go over some KFC soul. Uh, I have a question for you. Wicked guys. singer box meal, my guy. <laughs> Sorry, what, Boozy? I have a question for you guys. Did at, at one point in this movie, did they make a weird reference to the fact that he like shot a load? Like, do you know what I mean? They do make a cum joke. Yes, I know what you're Wait, talking about. What do you mean? What she says, I'm she really mentions, full? She, yeah, yes. she yes. full? Oh, that was, I know. That just fucking grossed me I out. thought that was <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, or I, there was countless times in this movie where you can't help but put yourself and your own relationship in this situation, yeah, which is the best exactly. part about it. Well, yeah. And I think about, I'm like, I looked at Courtney, I'm like, man, I'd be so turned off if you said something like that to me. <laughs> like that and I, also I was like, I would I would be so fucking furious and I would not let you live down if you put coffee beans in the coffee maker and not grinds. <laughs> like, I was like, Courtney, yeah, that you... was that was kind of but yeah, I don't know. I, I think all those like weird little like I guess a lot of like sexual like talk that they actually had throughout the film, I feel like Maybe not word for word, but those are the kind of jokes and things that couples say to each other, right? Like, I, I get it. Just felt like it some went of the lines being, didn't land that well, but yeah. But I feel like it went from being a movie that talked about sex to being a movie that was very driven by it. I don't know. It just it felt like it went over a little too much for me at certain points. Well, they definitely went through the they show the lust phase, and I think that's important for the movie is to show how sexually attracted they were to each other and how they were having such a good time and being right. on their honeymoon to going from that to not being able to have sex at all or her her avoiding him at all costs, and also um, him being like you avoided your period, like you like he, she skipped her yeah, period yeah. specifically so that they wouldn't have to deal with it on on their honeymoon, and it's like yeah, that just adds to more paranoia, and it's like. You gotta imagine what's going through his head there. I guess right. yeah, like, when it progresses later on in the movie, when it comes to that big climax, it kind of all starts from the fact that she doesn't want to have sex with him. Like I, I wrote that in my notes. It's like they get in like an argument because they haven't had sex for like two hours. Well, yeah, but it's, he's an but, incel. But it's also like a weird thing 
for him to see her in the mirror reciting the reason why she doesn't want to have sex. I loved that. So, like, he's seeing that. He's like, hey, what, like, what is this about? And then later on, she, like, has a script prepared for why. So, I mean, yeah, he freaked out. It was kind of a little bitch about it. But it felt justified enough, like... Yeah, that was after it made, it he made discovered enough sense. the notes, right? He discovered the notes at the uh, neighbor's house there. Right. Because they, no, they mean, were written down the same notes. But when he was, like, initially, like, upset with her because she's like, oh, I just took an Advil and I'm feeling sick, like, while they're, he wanted to have sex with her, what she was saying was exactly what she was reciting in the mirror. Yeah. So, like, he thought, like, oh, like... Has she been planning this for a while now? Like, but she didn't want to tell me, and she is avoiding it, and she didn't want to upset me. Like, there's a lot of this like overthinking that, like, you know, I think couples sometimes they they do. I think this is relatively uh, realistic to some degree, where it kind of shows the ups and downs of a relationship. I think it's very realistic in that aspect, and that's what I was going to say too. Is that one of the things that makes it so successful, in my opinion, is that. In a lot of these horror movies, and it, you could state back to the you know early slasher days, where one of the reasons we love it so much and what makes horror movies so fun to watch is putting yourself in those situations and thinking about what you would do differently. I don't think that anything that Harry Treadway does in this movie is all that stupid. I, I actually, there's, so I don't think there's actually any moment where I was just like, oh, guy, get the hell out of there or whatever. Like, it's like I understand him staying through all of it, and I, I think. They reveal like Lee Yannick just reveals the perfect amount in each scene to just tell a very compelling story with the most bomb ass payoff at the end. Absolute yeah. money, absolute money shot. When that when that computer exploded though, that was pretty dumb. I have to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> okay, that was a little. Suspect. That was that was the one thing I was like, yo, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I do have to mention they had such an amazing setting for that, especially that the nighttime with the like halogen light trail. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I feel like they never used it enough because it was kind of a creepy area, and I, I think they could have used that a little bit more to build tension. Well, I, I think times where where they were outside and when there was a, was a lot of darkness, even inside the house, I guess, but mostly outside, mm-hmm. it was really tense. There's, I mean, there's something about darkness that's generally scary, right? Like the fear yeah. of the unknown in the darkness. And that actually, you kind of brought this up earlier in the show, Mitch, how like someone who would know that this is an alien film going into it it wouldn't hinder the experience that was actually exactly my experience because i knew nothing about this movie but i knew it had to incorporate aliens because boozy chose it for the (laughs) alien series so i was waiting to some degree like okay like what is the you know alien approach to this movie or when is that going to become a thing and obviously that kind of like first uh, scene in the woods. I was like, okay, like this is some sort of a adu- uh, like uh, probing scene or something. I don't know, like something's happening here. But that darkness that was happening specifically during that scene, and even later when he's like kind of running around and chasing to like the neighbor's house, there was a lot of tension being built throughout the film due to <laughs> due to like that setting. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's 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 very good at uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't even know where I'm going. I just started thinking about the whole movie. <laughs> you just it's a, you just blew Mitch's mind right there. You couldn't. Really yeah, no, it's a great movie. I, I think it's I think it's a really strong movie, and I think it's one that people need to need to check out if they haven't yet. Um, I, I spent a lot of this time in watching this being like a, a real good double feature. I know we don't always recommend it, but I always say that like I think Spring would be a good double feature with this movie. That's a very good one. Yeah, Spring would be a very good pick. Mine mine would be Backcountry just because. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just that that's something that really connected with me in my 20s in particular is the whole idea of relationships being put through extreme situations. I, I That's just a story that I'm always or, going. Or like I'm always. Strangers. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm always going to be compelled by that. Having two, right. two strong, having to, and when I say two strong characters, I don't mean like two like Hercules characters or like defiant characters. I mean like two well-written characters. Um well-rounded and like interesting characters that we can latch onto and watch them play play out this experience that you know we want to kind of experience vicariously through them i think this would be a good double feature with the film still alice um oh i still haven't seen that actually julia does have alzheimer's yeah (laughs) okay so you're smiling there so i'm assuming that's a joke (laughs) well it isn't it isn't that's the that's the thing Because honestly, like, I couldn't help but think about that. Like, anyone who's ever dealt with anyone going through that, yeah, kind of, like, they're there, but they're not all there. And actually, there's even some really specific moments where, like, she can't remember, like, dates and names and specific, like, details, but she can remember how to fish. And she can remember how to do, like, tactical, like, things that are just sort of, like, more ingrained in her rather than, like, I don't know, dates and names. But... Right. So I, I I'm joking, but I'm also not. I think I think there is actually some some really uh quite sincere similarities t- between like an illness like that. I don't know. Yeah, agreed. And like that's I think for my closing thoughts on this conversation in particular is I think this was an awesome pick for Boozy. I think uh, choosing this in an alien invasion series was a really good ch- choice because it just shows how wide this subgenre is and what you're capable of doing within the subgenre because totally. yes this is this is an alien movie but this is nothing like the faculty this is nothing like annihilation this is nothing like alien or war of or the world invasion of body snatchers yeah it's yeah. it's so it's so unique and that's one of the best things about extraterrestrials and like that this type of science fiction horror is that there's so many different ideas you can do with it and i think honeymoon did it, it took an approach that isn't something that we've seen before so that's why i really commend it and i love it well with aliens especially like there's no real like rules to aliens you know there's not like there's not a template you know like you can really approach it into a lot of different ways of course there's like ways that have been done a million times and there's kind of like things we when we think of aliens there's a couple handful of things we just automatically think of but i don't know there's there's a lot of room to explore that and I think overall I enjoyed the presentation of this film. I enjoyed the scale of this film. It feels really like, you know, there was obviously a budget put into this. It's, I wouldn't call it low budget, but the film knows what it is what it is and what it's trying to do. And it's not going over the top, but it's also, it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel um, no. uh, poorly executed. It's, it, it's really aware of what what it wants to do. And I think, I think it's, yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's a great film. It almost feels like yeah. a cinema cinematic feature length version of like an episode of like creep show or the twilight zone or something like an anthology, sure. like where, yeah. where it is, it's like a smaller contained story, but we're seeing in a cinematic scope. Boozy I closing. I could definitely feel that in like a creep show kind of vibe to that. Yeah, absolutely. Closing thoughts, boozy. Um, I definitely agree with you that this movie was like an outstanding choice from the past decade. And I think more people should go check it out. Um, I, it's not your traditional, like, little green men kind of alien invasion movie like we already talked about. So I think it's a cool spin, and it's also kind of a creature feature. So Absolutely. Cool, guys. Well, this was tons of fun. And uh, so that concludes our middle 
part of our Alien Invasion franchise or series. And next week we will be back with Kyle's pick, uh, Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh what is that? He's, he's, a, he's holding a Blu-ray, ladies and gentlemen. And it's unopened. What happened with the slipcover? What happened to the slipcover, Kyle? Yeah, where's the limited edition slipcover? <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Nothing's ever good enough, right? Just yeah. like, you some slack here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, if you didn't hear it at the beginning of the episode, we are going to be posting a very special Alien Day, National Alien Day episode this coming Sunday on LV426, uh, April 26th, 2020. So stay tuned for that. Keep posted on that. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Like us, follow us, subscribe, fucking leave a review, tell your friends. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Terror Table, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care.